Welcome to the Love Lead XL podcast. I'm Kristen Wilson, founder of Our DJ Rocks, the female founded and operated DJ multi-app. Life is all about being in fearless pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. So I'm taking out the filter and we're going all in to talk about what it really takes into building and running a successful business, being the leader of a kick-ass team, and having a constant curiosity and craving for pushing the sales, marketing, and branding envelope, all while living out my mission, Love, Lead, Excel. You guys, welcome to our very first episode of the Love, Lead, Excel podcast. And in launch spirit, in this episode, we are talking all things growth. So in my first year of business, I quit my cushy corporate full-time job with benefits working for a kick-ass brand, Nickelodeon. They had a going away party for me, including a custom logoed cake with the RDJ Rocks logo. And I actually signed a lease on my very first warehouse space. In this episode, I brought on someone near and dear to myself and to the business, Craig Brooks. Craig and I go way back to about 2017. We were introduced by a good mutual friend of ours at a conference, and we instantly hit it off because of his company, Clarity Creative. Craig and his team at Clarity Creative now run the RDJ Rocks and Photobooth Rocks digital marketing side. He also used to own and operate a private event DJ company here locally in Orlando, as well as bomb trivia company, Tasty Trivia, for some of my favorite bars in town. To prove just how small the world really is, he also happens to work for Mainline Marketing, which is the sole ad agency for QSC Audio, the brand that I am marketing partner of. So needless to say, Craig has helped in many facets to grow both our company brands and my personal brand, and he has an incredible perspective in the industry locally and nationally. Let's jump in. (laughs) Okay, let's get serious. I don't know if I can on this episode. You don't have to. This is just all the feels. Okay. Well, let me do my thing then. You're making me nervous. I'll look away. (laughs) I've been dead. I can't. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Love Lead XL podcast. Once again, I'm Kristen Wilson. Today, we are talking all about growth. It's going to be so fun. We're going to get a little serious, probably not a lot serious, uh, because I think it was maybe my second year in business, my husband quit his corporate full-time job to come on board because like we needed it. Uh, We bought three photo booths. We started our sister company, Photo Booth Rocks. We leased uh, our first warehouse and office building. And then once we got in, we were like, oh, wait, we have to like sell and market this because it's getting a little bit too big. So I brought on a very Dear friend of mine, Craig Brooks with Clarity Creative. We met, I think it was 2017. I went back in QuickBooks to verify when the first time I paid you. <laughs> Is that that's our that's where we are in life. You gotta yeah. look at when you paid somebody. Yeah. It's like we know each other this long. Yeah. Well, but I mean we might have known each other beforehand because we maybe had a to date bit. a little bit, but that was the first time like you know, official business transactions began. So what is that? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, four, four years. Four-ish over four years, something like that. that. Um, At this point, you know, Craig and I are besties. So four years in, you know, ride or die. Craig has been in many facets um, of my life and helping in the growth of uh, our our big brands, my personal brand and everything in between. So Craig, thank you for joining me today. I'm very stoked. Uh, The highest level of stoke that there is. I can't wait. Okay, let's break the ice a little bit. So 
obviously you got invited to uh, many RDJ Rocks holiday parties. When you first experienced your first one, um, after working with me in business and then seeing kind of that side, what was your, what was your, what was your first impression? Well, honestly, uh, I, I like that you mentioned 2017 first invoice, but that wasn't where it clicked for, for me because at that point, and don't take this the wrong way, you're just a, a client that came from a referral and, and is someone we were going to do the same stuff for. And we do the good things. It's not like we weren't going to do our best or anything like that. But when you started inviting us in to things that I just, I'll be honest, we didn't expect to get invited to. Uh, David, David, my business partner and I, we, we we were talking through those moments of like, wow, we're being invited in. This must be because she wants us to, at the time, I thought, learn even deeper about the why things go on this way, which honestly was the the curtain being pulled back or the door opener for me to understand really the depth of the culture that you were building, which got me hyped in the things that like vibe with me, which is growth, opportunity, these things, I was like, wow, there's a potential because then I didn't know you as well as I do now. Like there's a potential kindred spirit there. The, the things you cared about were, were things I cared about, about my own business, right? So the things that it just, those things were lining up and you wouldn't have known that. You wouldn't have known mm -hmm. that I cared about that from our early interactions. So I, I do believe that, 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 that little, Thing in the beginning, which was you inviting your your web marketing team to come to your holiday party, and then us playing games, having a drink. There was one of the parties. There was cornhole. There was like there was just some of these things that were very out of the I think norm because we have other clients. Uh, you, you're one of many, but that I'm not I'm not trying to bash on them for not inviting me to their parties. <laughs> it's not that. It's that you did it for your own reasons of wanting the camaraderie of it. I don't even think you had ulterior motives of like, I'm trying to get this guy to understand me this way. It's not that it's you're in, you're kind of infectious that way. And you infected up both of us. Cause it was just the two of us that year, I think. And then we brought the wives, I think mm -hmm. one of the, like it just, it just started happening. That, that photo, it's not here behind me. I, it's in either my other, uh, we have too many, I have office at home. I have an office in the other room. <laughs> I have that photo strip because it's me, David and Julie at the, at the holiday party on the photo strip, those things like, oh, 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 it's almost like, wait, you would think I planned it because it's right there. Oh, look you how thought cute. I was, you thought I was lying. And I was looking around because I don't work in this office as much as I used to. This was, this was the first office. And then we move, we have a few rooms. It was sitting, staring at me. That's what I was talking about. And it, I didn't, and I know you, you may not even believe this. I didn't like in the moment, I knew I had it somewhere. It was right there. It was right there. And then this one, I don't think is you. This is like me, but I just think it's the same kind of principle of like, that's Mike and I, when we were doing one of our early weddings together. Oh, cute. So I keep these things nearby. This is not something I literally went and planned today. If you, if I could show you, I don't want to ruin Zoom, but my desk is, is devastatingly awful. There's stuff everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. But this from the 2019 holiday party just kind of hangs with me. Long-winded, I know. That's my weakness. No, and you know what's funny? I I had zero ulterior motives. I had no intention other than, you know, <clears throat> you you and my mind were a part of our family and you were going to be invited to the holiday party. That It was just as simple as that. Who's on the guest list? 
But like that's the seeds of, I think, what triggered how we can even communicate the way we've been communicating this last year plus of like more even. It was even before when we were pushing on things like, hey, here's this cost per acquisition or hey, here's this opportunity by inviting us in that way and using that word, the family that way. You made it where you stripped the fear away from that um, businessy transaction. We are still doing business. I'm not trying to say that that's not true, but sometimes when it's business only, I would potentially have a clam up of like, well, I don't want to tell her that she might not want to pay that for this or that you opened it up where it's like, no, I think she just wants us to say what we think is best. And then she'll have to reconcile whether that's something she's going to want to do or not. That's so funny. You say that. And I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but can we dive into that just a little deeper? Because I don't think it was always like that in the beginning. And I think some of the best relationships um, you know, personally always, but especially when it comes to business and, and is when they push you outside your comfort zone, because you can't grow unless you do that. And I think that we have really gotten to the point where, you know, I can be honest and be like, Craig, no, don't absolutely not. And then you're going to be like, okay, Kristen, that's not going to work. You're going to hate me for saying this, but like X. Right. And that, that you you nailed it though. We didn't have that in the beginning, but that's more on me than you. That was me having to find myself in what I'm doing for Clarity Creative. Cause we've even changed kind of us as a company from when you knew us in, in the beginning, we have a lot more people now. We, we did say, and, and then you, these crazy things happened, but we didn't have, and, and I'm, I'll take this as a personally, I didn't have as much confidence as I have now in being able to, I, I, I didn't want to ever offend anyone. I'm a people pleaser at heart. I'm, I'm, I'm very dedicated to customer service and to making sure that people feel, I think, pleased with what our business interactions are. But I realized through our relationship and, and really been a catalyst to helping other clients of mine that you don't even know, but yeah. our interactions have helped them and they don't even know you. you. You know what I mean? Because it was like, wow, if she and I could talk this way and we're not mad, we might be raising our voices or getting heated or getting but we're passionate about the the same thing, which is like the, the growth of the business or, well, I do want that conversion. I do want that. And it was like in 2017, 2018, even in 2019, we weren't always sharing those things that might be that extra thing you weren't considering because we're like, oh, she she's busy or she's got a real vision of what she wants, which you always do. And I love that and respect the hell out of that because you have a very concrete vision of things. Not everyone does. But it's sometimes that vision in, in execution, there are pieces you might not know about, just like there's stuff I wouldn't know about on the culture side or on the business side of it. That's when it was like this big light bulb moment of holy moly, just tell the truth, even when it um, erodes our position from a business perspective, just give it to her. Just give her all of it, even when, again, it might not look good on the I don't even know how to say it anymore because I'm trying to do it with everything. But like two years ago, it wasn't like that. It no, it wasn't. Like it. it wasn't. And again, I'm jumping forward a little bit and I kind of want to like go through the timeline, but it's just like so perfect because, um, you know, getting through everything we went through last year and having to do massive changes, you know, with marketing and even, you know, myself being so, so lost and like, okay, I have zero vision right now, but I have all the visions and I have half the visions and it's like, you know, what, what, the one zoom we had, I don't know what you said, but I was like so mad, but it was what, it was what I needed. And then you had to text a friend being like, wait, is she really mad at me? Right. Yeah, I did. 
that I think we're talking about. Well, there was a few. There was a few <laughs> that we but we butt heads to good end, though. Yeah. Right. We, we make but, things and, happen. And, and honestly, I think you you nailed this, though, that more more business people would benefit from a relationship like this, even if it isn't with you or I. You but guys can't had, take Craig for me. Sorry. No, but if they had some, I appreciate that. If they had someone that didn't fear pushing back because I was at the time, I, I don't even remember which one, the one that's coming up was when I was, there was some profanity I, that I was using by the end of it, but it was really about, no, no, no. I had conviction. So did you, mm-hmm. but I had conviction in that this is stopping this other thing from happening. If I don't get you to know this, I was almost willing to, I wouldn't say walk away, but walk away from that aspect of it. And then I, I was, I think expressing to you that it wasn't that we were leaving as your provider. It was then I would just stop on this and you can have whatever you want, but it isn't going to do what what we want for you. And I think the way I was phrasing that you were, again, we were both wanting the same thing. We were on parallels. The the journey is like this. It's just sometimes you have to. Yeah. Just like what came first a little bit. And let me give, let me give our listeners a little bit of an example so that they can put some of that into context. And you're going to have to help me put the pieces together. Cause now, you know, we're a couple months into this and I have a little bit more of a clear direction, but you know, coming out of a really difficult year and having to, as a business owner, look at everything that we've done in business from financials to strategy, to marketing, to sales, to payroll, um, and look at it with eyes that I've never had to look at it before. It was almost as if I had this structure, but I was also looking at a blank piece of paper at the same time going WTF. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to put the piece. We're not broken. We're not broken, but I felt like we were so broken and I didn't know where to go. And so, you know, it was okay, crap, you know, the photo booth business didn't have enough leads. So like, I need to put my focus there. And at the same time, it's like, but does that make sense? Because right now, um, our, in our market, our couples are buying packages. Like the people who are wanting to celebrate right now want DJ lighting, photo booth, dance floors, special effects. They want everything. So do I really need to put my focus into that? Or is it really DJing? And then at the same time, it's like, okay, but I have to recruit cause I don't have enough DJs. And then I got to do pricing strategy and at the same time. It's like, you know, Kristen is growing into her own self and she has found this passion over the last year of sharing my experiences to help people. It's like, what am I supposed to do with that part of my life? Because that's where I find joy. So it's like all these things are up in the air and I don't know how to prioritize them. And the only thing I was so freaking focused on was like 20 photo booth leads a month. Right. And I think that metric was interesting to hear from you because as the person who could come in as the total lay person of the seven things you were trying to navigate, the coolest part of it by the end of it was being able to put them in order. Whereas as you were under the, what I would call the small business quandary that we all technically get into at certain points, whether you, no matter what uh, part of your small business you're up to, there's going to be a moment where there are seven things you could do, but if you're doing all seven, each one's only getting like 14% of your efforts, right? And then that becomes a really tough thing when seven plates are spinning, what we were trying to do together that day was put them in order. And then we realized, oh, wait a minute. When you you shared like, and again, I'll ballpark this because that's that's okay at this point of the game. But you were saying like, I think it was the question that was a light bulb for me was how many of your DJ leads are getting a dang photo booth anyway? And then you said a number that was so much higher than what I thought it was going to be. It was like 40% or something like, and, and don't quote me on that number, but it was like, so high. And I had some visibility onto how many DJ leads you were getting that I was like, 
why are you caring over there? If it's, it, that's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was going to fill itself. The bucket was going to fill itself. Let's move that off the priority list. I shouldn't say off. Let's move it down. Let's move yeah. it down to six or seven when the training in that example had to go to one, which now we have a really cool potential solution there. And those things, that's what I, how I think moves things forward for, for not just for you, but just as you're on your journey now helping other people, those are the kind of things you're going to help other people do without even realizing it. It's the same thing. It's that they're in their own quandary of like, and maybe they have three things, maybe they have 13, mm-hmm. but you being at the outside perspective can be like, oh, just reorder it. It's, they're all important. Everything's important. It's just you can only do one thing at a time or else you get into this madness zone. Yeah. And I think, too, the other piece of that that was really helpful, especially having an outside perspective, was that, like, you know, I was also reprioritizing and organizing the team that I had. And I think everyone is also doing that right now. Anyone who owns a business right now is looking at, okay, what is on my to-do list? Where am I delegating for the team members that I do have, what are they working on? Do I need to take that off? What oh, do yeah. I need to subcontract out? What am I taking back on? So like, there's all these kind of moving pieces right now, you know? Daily. daily. I think that's that daily mental mind screw. That's me fighting myself to say bad words, but <laughs> that's the daily one. I mean, you're, it's this, we do completely different industries, but it's literally the same thing of like, what do I give to this person versus what do I have to dive in and do or up? Oh, guess I'm working tonight. You know what I mean? Cause we're yep. small business owners. It doesn't turn off. It no. never turns off. No, it's a go, go, go. Well, and so you, you're unique in that, like, you know, you've had your, you, you've, you've done a wedding DJ company. You've got the, the trivia side you're in marketing, obviously for us as an entertainment company, but you also are across multiple industries all yeah. together in, in, in many different facets. So you've got an incredible position to be able to kind of look at the world a little bit differently. What do you think are the core pieces that it takes um, for someone or a company before growth can happen? Before growth, you're saying? Like, what is that, what is that thing that's going to push someone out of their comfort zone? For me, in my opinion, the thing that a lot of people miss on in this early stages, because you were saying before growth, which is, I like that I, I honed in on that word before on purpose, because it's the planning and organization that never excites anyone, never excites anyone to actually write stuff out, look at spreadsheets, have sometimes difficult conversations. Wait, I love spreadsheets, especially if they're color coded and there's oh, I don't mean you, formatting. I'm saying like across the spectrum, <laughs> people, I think they balk at the time that needs to go in to write the game out, write the plan out, kick it around with some key individuals. And that's not always the people you think and find where you want to go. Because those of us like you or I, or, and there's a lot of people like us, we got a lot of ideas and boy, do they, they can come fast too. And then they feel very uh, right. And that we should only do that really quickly. But in, if we're talking about growth and it's honestly the thing I'm addicted to, is growth, growth, I call it opportunity. For me personally, I'm addicted to opportunity. And, and that's that can be across anything. That could be with, with my collecting of pop art or or in, in business. I'm addicted to opportunity. But the if I'm only there and I'm only looking at the next idea, holy crap, I'm leaving a, a huge wake behind me. And I've done that to my team before. I've had that epic thing that, that threw the ball 20 yards ahead and everyone's excited, but we got a lot of work to do now. So what I learned through that process was that 
the more time we can put into planning and organization is, and I know I'm not saying anything new. It's just something most, I see it, 40 different businesses, they skip it. They skip the, I would rather you spend a whole week, press pause, literally pause revenue to plan or something else is, a, a wrench is going to get thrown in that you don't see coming. So the planning and the organization of it is not you. That wasn't the you, you. That well, was no, because now I'm like, oh my God, Craig, how many times have I failed? Can we point those out? Well, what do you mean? Failure is not, I, I think that's, a, for some people, fail is a curse word. For me, I love it. I love the word fail. My mother, she she hates this. She's like allergic to the word fail. And I love my mother. She's part of the reason, many parts of the reason I am the way I am. But when I would say to her, hey, mom, the business, the trivia business is still called its original name. It's a DBA, Tasty Trivia. The original business name is Clear Pong LLC. I thought that when I was in my low 20s, I was early. I was like, beer pong is going to be a thing. I trademarked Clear Pong because I'm like, nobody wants dirty beer in a cup. You just want water, right? I don't want to drink what you've got. And I'm like, oh, man we are going to hit the moon with opportunity at bars and restaurants. And I was validated on that for like a year and a half. We got so many new inquiries. We went from no tournaments to 15 tournaments a week, money flying around, things happening. We were going to go to Vegas, like all this stuff, because there was a big company. What I wasn't seeing is that I was going to get older at the same time. <laughs> and so was everybody else. And beer pong, while still very cool, if we went to UCF right now, could run a tournament. I can skunk some of those kids. No problem. It has an age limiter from 17 to about 27 before that isn't going to matter too much anymore, other than about once or twice a year at a tailgate. Right. Mm -hmm. So building a business around it, something I call a fail. My mom would be like, no, no, you're, you're a failure. You weren't a failure. You made money. No, no, no. It was a failure, but look at what it led to. I would have never started trivia if I didn't start with beer pong, clear pong. I wouldn't have never pivoted into bingo or pivoted into what we're doing now, which is virtual trivia with some, we have a fortune 500 company that pays us to do virtual trivia. That's crazy. I would have never been able to even fathom that when I was in the beer pong days, those failures lead to successes. And if more business owners could embrace that fail does not equal, if I could do the does not equal sign, <laughs> fail does not equal negative. Fail equals learning. And you learn from failure. Some of the biggest, most successful people will say this, Bezos, uh, the, the, the Buffets of the world. You learn from those failures and you don't live in them. That's yesterday. I've, I wasted a lot of money on beer pong supplies, but that was, a, that was a go. Now I look to the future of what did I learn from that failure? To me, as a person that's now helping other business people, I learned, look at your demographic. Look at your market demographic. If they only have a 10-year window, doesn't mean we couldn't make money out of that. But boy, do I have a lot longer reach when I pivoted to trivia, which goes from 10 years old to 90-year-olds. I can't have a 10-year-old play beer pong. I also don't get a bunch of 90-year-olds playing beer pong. But I did have children all the way up to grandparents enjoying trivia. I bring those same principles to the marketing. When I'm working with a client, I'm like, "What's your? who are you trying to reach? Who are you trying to connect with? Your industry is so amazing that way because it's incredibly wide as well. You've got people getting engaged when they're 19 and people getting engaged when they're 90. And I think that's really great to know your potential market. And I know I, I got there in a weird way, but some of that answered your question. A little bit. <laughs> 
I love it. And I think your story, um, you know, kind of ties into everything because sometimes I even get stuck in my own kind of the way we've been doing things. Um, and, and hopefully, well, call me out if you want, but I feel like if I am stuck, I don't get stuck for long. I realize no, I think you've been really dynamic, especially in the last uh, year and a half, which is kind of the thing that's it, it, it shut people down COVID, right? It shut people down and, and it, it did not shut you down. You got moving, but even before we were vibing hard, you got moving. You didn't feel like it, but you really were. You were really looking at line items. You were really processing like, okay, this is what I need to do for here. So I live, I live on. Honestly, you don't give yourself enough credit for that. I know that because I was in those conversations with you. There were businesses that didn't make it in your industry because yeah. your industry got destroyed by COVID. It is just now starting to get those inquiries back because there's light at the end of the tunnel and all that. But there were businesses that didn't make it in the wedding industry and literally every industry. Retail stores went out. God, we know restaurants really went out. Live entertainment had a had a hurt. So I think that you, you maybe didn't even give yourself enough credit for how quick you got to work on those spreadsheets. Yeah, you know it. Well, and I feel like even after, okay, so it's it's been four years and I feel like many different, you've seen many different phases of RDJ Rocks. Um, everything from we've we've worked together when I've paid you zero dollars. We've worked together when it was, you know, a simple six hundred to a thousand dollars a year. Yeah, was, at and, some point you're paying thousands of dollars. Uh, and a at month. some I'm pretty sure at one one year it was maybe twenty five, thirty thousand dollars for the year. And so you know, even through all the phases, um, really rough times, scaling up, scaling back down. What is it? I mean, I mean, hell, you saw us break a million dollars. So um, it's it's definitely been a wild ride. What do you what do you think has what do you think has made you stick around? You, your energy, your passion behind what you do. It's a people business. I and people hate when I say stuff like that just because they're like, that sounds cliche. Sorry, you don't get it then. This is it's people that you work with and relationships you build that lead to successes. Are there other uh, marketing companies you could work with? Uh, yeah, there's a shit ton of them. There's like a lot of them. You're choosing to work with us because of, I think, yes, do we get some stuff done? Sure, but you, I'll, I'll speak to my own failures here. <laughs> we have dropped the ball a few times, have we not? Let's be real. We have bit. dropped the ball on things, but I don't believe that any one failure necessarily signs the death warrant. There's communication that comes from it. And we did that together, right? We communicated so effectively in that, that the failure that again, you should have fired us for some of those things, <laughs> led to us having better communication than we even had before. So the reason is you, your passion and your energy for what you do is infectious. I, I do have a luxury at this point, which is cool, and you do too in your industry, to, to, to a degree, choose a little bit of who we work with or who we don't work with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool. That's a cool place. I'd love to help everyone get to. But the reason we would want to work with you or why we are, why are working with you isn't because I think we're going to get rich off of it. Money is not the motivator for what we're doing. I know that sounds stupid too, because some people are like, how do you run it? I'm like, well, when you build good relationships, money, oddly enough, start showing up because they require your services for things or they tell other people about you. And that has a limitless potential. And that's where the, the why for us is, is your passion. I know I get very long-winded in my answers, but 
I just didn't feel like just saying you, you're the reason. I just don't think that gives enough context. No, I love that. I love that. And, and, and I talk about, no, you go ahead. You go ahead, but I can make it. I'll make, I I, I got after you go Craig juice. Give it to me. What's on your mind? Because I got to be honest, the wedding industry is not my favorite industry. Oh, I don't like gig industries. I don't believe they have recurring revenue. They have a hustle element that when you create a good system, you clearly have that it works because you get so much lead flow because you've created a brand that matters. You created a brand that resonates with people. That's important. There, I can't even stress enough how important brand building is in an industry. All industries need brand building. Some don't give a crap about it. They should. But in your industry specifically, brand matters even more because you don't have a person that's going to pay you every month the same amount. I do. Marketing or trivia that we're going to be at a bar every week has recurring revenue. You have a constant hustle, which is why at the outset, when David and I were planning our um, our buckets, we called them buckets or legs of a stool, mm-hmm. wedding was not on it in 2016 and 2017. It literally wasn't. We talked about it. We're like, I don't think we want that because it's there's too much volatility, mm-hmm. but not with brands like yours. You created a brand that people know by name and refer by name before we do an automation strategy, before we do an ad strategy. That's why you will continue to win as much as you want to do. But I have to be honest about that. Wedding wasn't something we ever wanted to be in. It's that we got in it. We're able to show some success and then got some referrals. And now I think like 20% of our clients are in the wedding space just because of referrals and everything. But it wasn't something we wanted originally. We never thought we were going to do SEO for venues, SEO for a venue in St. August. We didn't think that. But someone told someone and we were like, all right, we're going to just tell them the truth and see if they hate us. And then they didn't hate us. (laughs) But we told them stuff that was like some people could have. We didn't deliver it in a rude way, mind you. But I think I wasn't rude to you either. But I delivered some text that you didn't like hearing at first. It wasn't rude delivery. It was a, I got to tell her the truth kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's honesty. And I think I I talk about it all the time, whether it's in person, I'm at a conference on this podcast. I mean, I'm, I probably beat it like a dead horse, but like relationships are absolutely everything. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, if you, if you strip it all away, you strip the titles away. If you know, if I'm not a DJ anymore, if I'm not an educator anymore, I'm not, you know, this, if I'm not that at at the core, all that matters in another 50 years from now is the relationships. So I view it. I, I, I love every bit of what you're saying. And I, some of my wife hears this too much. So she's so over it. I say it a little sillier than that. I say, babe, when it all goes away or if it goes away, how many couches can I sleep on? How many people would let me sleep on their couch? I'm not going to go all the way to who's going to help me dig a hole for a body because I'm not killing anybody. But if everything went awry, how many people could I send a text and they'd be like, not only do I got you, I have a job for you. (laughs) Like that's how crazy the relationship building that people don't put equity into is why they sometimes are going to struggle because they've not created enough both business and personal relationships to support risk-taking, which risk-taking is a massive factor in growth. If you're not able to calculated risk-taking, mind you, but take risks, how do you advance the ball? How do you move forward? If the quarterback doesn't throw the pass or uh, Serena Williams doesn't put that extra top spin to make sure it's going to hit and be unhittable, she doesn't take the risk. 
there's no reward. Risk is such a factor in growth, but one that brings super anxiety to people. That's crazy. I feel like I jump off a cliff all the time, even with this podcast. Of course like, you do. That's I, why you're successful. I, <laughs> I've been talking about this for almost four years now. Um, and it wasn't until we sat there at Graffiti Junction and you're like, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Just do it. Do I, it and- because you're so good when you do stuff, you don't even realize it. When you put your mind to something, the evidence is in the logo behind you for the newest one. The evidence is in the hitting a million dollars in that one. Give me, I'll point to, there's too many ways to point to when you put your juice in something, it goes well. That's the same for like-minded individuals that are in the same vein as us, that if they care about what they're doing and they have conviction towards something, it's it's very likely that they're going to win at something. Now, I will say it might not be the thing they thought. That's what affects people sometimes, that they're like, but I thought I was going to be this, or I thought I was going to be the owner of, I'm only going to use me on this. I thought I was going to be the number one beer pong company running tournaments. I have a business plan to prove it. 27 pages of written document of how we were going to be able to be in every city, every major city, earning this amount. That isn't how it went. And back then, I was never thinking I was going to manage and run an agency that helps other businesses get out of their own way. I didn't think that then. I thought, for sure, this model is going to work. Look, I had a spreadsheet. Look, all the numbers went to profit. It was green. It was good. (laughs) That doesn't tell the whole story of anything. And COVID really brought that into just hyper-focus for me. When, When 2020, things were cooking so hot. January and February of 2020 were my most, I think, profitable and highest revenue individually for the companies. For I was managing three different companies at the time. All were peaking. Cool. March 18th happened. And my son was born nine days after that, which created a whole different perspective that I'm very grateful for. We'll, I know we'll get into that when if, if we get into the nuggets and stuff like that, but like that was a a mind shift times a million because everything looked like it was over and it was just beginning. I know that's wild, but I believe that. I needed to take a minute because that just gave me chills. Because it, how how many people, how many people are thinking the exact same thing and maybe haven't said that out loud? It looked like the sky was falling. And for a lot of people, it was, myself included. Our revenue for trivia went from, we were just cracking 30K a month doing trivia and stuff like that. And I know that's, again, not at the same scale you were at, but for us, it was cool. It was like really cool. We started with one event. We got up to 45 weekly events. I was like really proud of that. And then in one day with one government action, we had zero. So it wasn't even a 50% reduction. It was 99. We had some money coming in that was like, I wouldn't call it guaranteed, but it was coming because they were paying for a different thing. But 99% loss in a, in a day, I went into crisis management mode and thought mode. But holy crap, if I didn't have that crucible of, of like, just holy shit, what are we going to do? We wouldn't have figured out the power behind virtual icebreakers. If I didn't take the time, I was going to take a paternity of like a few weeks or whatever. And again, he was born nine days after. And my vision was going to be, I wasn't going to do anything for like three, four weeks. I was just going to help Mel and everything like that. But we got stuck at home. So we didn't have 
The moms couldn't come over. Nothing could, you know, that's just what it was. There was such bad information out early on that they told us don't have anyone, which was painful for Mel and me and my parents and all and her parents and all that. But what it did is it put me in the fire of like, what now? So Make-A-Wish reached out and was like, we need to do something digital. And I have a good relationship with them because we've been doing stuff with them for 10 years, DJ their after parties and all these crazy things where we're like, well, why don't we just do it this way? We figured out yesterday, literally yesterday, we learned a software and we started doing it. We raised a couple thousand bucks on a digital thing. And we're like, "Uh oh, that might be something. Fast forward a year and a half. And we are doing it for people for a few bucks. Again, I'm not even trying to get rich off it, but I think you could. You theoretically could. <laughs> like, that's what's crazy. All right. And, well, we'll talk offline then. Yeah, I, need, sorry, I, need, sorry. I, need, I need to know more about that. I, I already have three ideas that's coming from this. So we're going to need to talk business. <laughs> I didn't even mean for that. I didn't mean for that. Yeah, like, well, it's wild. My brain's awake, thing. people. Welcome to the Craig juice. This oh, I, what happens. I, I appreciate that. It's that I could not have told you 16 months ago that I was going to be excited about being able to do Zoom trivia for big companies. But I'm hyped about it because no one, other people will start to do it at some point. But we have literally like no competition in the space right now. And I just don't have the time to market it. So I have a full, we hired a full-time person seven weeks ago. She's doing amazing things. Like that's good. That's good. But we are just getting started. And that's something I wasn't even, I wasn't even going to talk about that today. It's just, we were, you know, it's the natural flow of it. Yeah. Because that company was supposed to die. But the reason it shouldn't or couldn't die is because I don't look at things that way. I look at the failure as opportunity. Every miss has something right after it. I can steal all the cliche stuff uh, from Michael Jordan when he said, you know, you guys are only looking at the points I scored, not how many shots I missed. You know, you, you, he didn't say it exactly that way. It was much more eloquent than that. But there are countless very successful individuals that will try to help people like me and anyone into looking at if you're only looking at the wins and people waving the checks, you're missing the how to get there. You're missing the 20,000 hours of uh, Kobe used to always say that 20,000 hours is what before he felt like he was good at basketball. If you do the math on that, it's 20 years. It's so long of time. That means the guy was already in the NBA killing it and he didn't think he was good yet. That's why he got to great though, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't he get to that rare space because he didn't let it go to his head that he was 17 and got drafted and this and that and went to his prom with Brandy the pop singer. Cause that actually happened. I'm pretty sure. Like that was like a thing. Remember her? Yes, I do. She's still around. She's still relevant. Uh, had a TV show, very successful, but that's, that's the sauce right there. I don't. And I think you're like this too. We don't drink our own Kool-Aid too much. We're already too busy looking at the next thing. Mm-hmm. We're already like, yeah, it's cool that I built, I hit a million bucks, but that that's fine for that moment. And we can celebrate that. I don't mean to, to not clap and not have a cheers on that. Absolutely. But it's also not to wave that at someone and be like, look, you want to be like this? This is how. No, I'm too busy for that shit. I'm over here <laughs> trying to figure out how we can do Zoom trivias or, or I mean, this is definitely for an after this podcast, but I can tell you what's going on with this NFT stuff and why I'm, I'm infusing the business into it. Like crazy. To me, it's always finding applications for the person. So when it was us talking, I'm, I'm looping it back around slowly. But when it was us talking, it was like so obvious to me that you had so much to help other people with that I just felt like I had to push for you to be doing this that you're doing. Because there's so many young women 
specifically, but men as well, but young women specifically that need a boost because the, the society does a really shitty thing by keeping them mentally not thinking that it's this, it's equal because societally, societally, it isn't, unfortunately. There is an imbalance. We know it in the dollars and cents, quite literally. So more people need to hear you tell the how and why behind it. Your stories of how, honestly, sexist and ridiculous that first conference was, not conference, sorry, convention, or both. I forget whether it was mm-hmm. a convention. More people need to know that story so that they know that wasn't your shutdown moment. That was you just getting started. But some people, that stops them. That's it. Oh, I'm not getting validated in this space. They don't even know that I'm the one. And they let that stop them. And now they're going to work for, you know, some company again instead of their dream. You took that as this fire that you needed and you lit it right upon your buttocks to get going. And that's what I think more people need to know. And that's what, to me, this podcast is not just this episode, but like every episode with every person, they're going to have that unique perspective of like, well, they didn't stop what they were doing and why not? Because too many people stop. We might need to tell them what happened at that conference for people to understand what you're talking about. (laughs) That's true because I don't know again what order of operations they'll be listening to. But you, I think you can give that, that story is much better from you than from me. Well, I mean, it, w- it was just a simple interaction. I, I went to one of my first um, DJ conventions very, very early on. It was my husband and I, he went with me. And, you know, for those of you who know Mark, you know that he's been a, an integral part of the operation of the business, but it has always been on the photo booth side. He will straight from his mouth to your ears. He doesn't touch a microphone and he knows nothing about music at all. So every single thing to do with the DJ business has always been me. And so I say that because in between sessions, we were out in the hallway and um, there was, uh, for lack of a better word, but to paint a picture for you guys, an older gentleman had walked up um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, struck up a conversation. And I, it was as if, I wasn't even standing next to Mark and he started talking DJ talk to Mark and it was just like on and on and on and on. And he goes, I'm not the DJ. She is. I don't know anything about that. And he looked and it was so long ago, guys. I don't even remember, you know, after that, but I will tell you the conversation ended very abruptly and he walked away. And so, I mean, and at that point, like, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me right now? Like, do you know? you can't carry on a conversation with me anymore. Is it because, is it because of my gender is because of my hair color? Like, what is it because of? And now at this point, I'm getting asked to speak at DJ conferences. So Damn right. Damn right. You are because, the, <laughs> because the work pushes through the energy and passion pushes through that. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people in the world like that guy. And I'm not saying he's a bad dude. He just isn't educated. Doesn't understand that it's what you do, not what you look like or who you are. Right. And I think the world has to evolve. I mean, obviously, um, where I make my money is in a male dominated industry. And so when you're used to seeing a certain, um, I don't know, something out of your eyes and then that starts to change, it might make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. And you know what? Like that's that's part of growth. Like we're going to evolve as a society. And so like just because you don't see I mean, how many times did I walk up to an event and I'm setting up? Hello, I'm five foot two loading 400 pounds of crap. And you're like, are you the DJ? You, what, you think I do this for fun? Yeah. Like, what do you think I am? You think I'm, wait, so I'm not good enough to be the DJ, but I'm the roadie. <laughs> okay, right. got it. No, yes, I am the DJ. Thank you. 
watch me slay this dance floor. Get I am the DJ here. and I will not be taking your requests. <laughs> Correct. Get out of my inbox. <laughs> I don't have that file. That file's corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> then bring it's, that CD. You, oh my God. But for sidebar, can you imagine what DJing must have been like 40 years ago? No. When it was only vinyl and then in the 90s, only CD decks? Bro, first of all, I used to lug CD cases. That's wild. That's wild to me. I'm thank okay. God. Now, now full disclosure, because you teased it uh, and someone might think accidentally that I'm a good DJ. I'm not. I was a microphone presence. I was able to choose a song sometimes that people would like after another one. I did not have the skill level in mixing that I watch you kind of effortlessly do literally on like live streams. You can watch this QSC live streams and stuff like it's effortless for you because you put the time in. You put the time in and you're making your own music. It's so cool. Like I know it because I have, I hear it and I'm like in on putting videos together and all this stuff. I can't do that. I do not know how to do that. And well, I I'm not, I'm barely even touching the surface. You should see some of the talent out there. So like, thank you for all the kudos, but like there's, you know. But that's, what's great about it though. You're, you, you found something and I have two in my own ways that we both, I think we know this too, conceptually, like we don't think we're the best at anything. And that helps us. Yeah. That helps us keep going. I do not think I'm the best, even though people liked my trivia or people like our marketing ideas or people think we get very good conversion rates for pay-per-click, which we do. Cool. I just don't think we're the we're necessarily the best at anything. I think the idea is not be the best you can be at what you're doing in that moment. But the second you believe you are the top of the mountain, well, somebody who's hungrier and somebody who's got a little more passion and drive than you, they're going to knock you off the mountain. So that's why I'm never thinking of myself that way. I'm always like, well, how can I add value to my own self or to my team or to like a client or to my mom, you know, who might need help with something? How can I add value? Well, for her, it's moving heavy crap around the house because she can't do that. So that's how I can add value for them. Or my dad, who I got into garage sailing, who can't lift heavy things and calls me three o'clock on a, on a Thursday to come get the damn end table out of his trunk. And I'm like, all right, dad, try to make this after business hours, but damn it. I'm, I'm, I'll be there. Yeah. And I, like, I honestly, I think that right there is what it takes for somebody to excel forward, um, and, and push through the growth. Um, I'm going to get a little emotional, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, but, uh, Craig, you have been such an amazing friend, even more so in the worst of times, you pushed me and motivated me when um, I'm literally going to tear up when wow. I felt gonna, like I'm a, I'm a, you're going to get me going. Then. Okay. Don't do that. And I'm going <laughs> to go over breathe. there. David's going to be like, what happened? Let me breathe. Um, you really motivated me. Um, and you, you, you pushed me and you lit the fire when I literally felt like the flame had dissipated for my entire body. You've always believed in me and RDJ rocks and my team um, and my life mission of love lead Excel. So, as part of my favorite part of the episode, I want you to leave our listeners with one of two things, either what love lead Excel means to you or how you are going to continue to implement that into your life moving forward. No, first and foremost, thank you for even sharing that with me just because that, that shit is my fuel, right? Like I'm, I'm going to be honest, like you, you, you sharing that with me is, is something that motivates me. Right. I'm so glad that I was able to even poke someone who I look up to, which is you, because your passion for creating your brand and creating the culture around it was motivating to me, was inspiring to me of 
that's four years ago, mind you, because I'm in a different place now. Clarity's in a different place than we were before. I can directly line things up to seeing certain individuals like yourself who were doing things that I wasn't. So for me, lovely to excel. And I, I get into the minutia because I was an English major. I was a creative writing person. I used to write poetry. I used to, used to do a lot of things as we've covered, right? But <laughs> love, lead, excel. To me, I hone in on love first, foremost, not just because you put it there, but because if you can love and lead with love and positivity, because I view love as being, I, I think, just a, a positive rather than a negative, right? As I think we a lot of people feel that way. But if you can hone in on having the love for other humans, other humans around you, other people, yourself, specific, you know, pretty important. Holy crap, does that open up the ability to lead other people or lead your own damn life? Because these words you chose to use, mm -hmm. they don't just have one meaning. That's what I like about them. I, I love that the, the context changes and morphs for where that person is in their journey. Because again, if they're just getting started, I would say you got to love yourself before you can push that love outwardly, right? Mm -hmm. Love yourself to lead yourself on the journey to excelling. But if they're already in a, in a place where maybe they do feel really good, maybe they're real self-aware, maybe they're you know already to a place that we've gotten to put 10 years in to, to this kind of thing. Now it's about loving those around you that can help or being even confident enough in yourself to, to get that help or ask for that help. And then maybe it's no longer leading your own path, but leading others to that Excel point. So that's, that's for me, what love lead and Excel means. It's, it's why I got excited about it when you even first mentioned it was because I did think it had those legs to really open the doors for people that haven't even started yet but still add value for a $10 million a year business, $100 million a year business. There's no limit to being able to refocus people's energies into something they can understand. Three words, real powerful words that can help them no matter where they are on their journey. I love that. And I want to can, uh, I want to encourage everyone to get out of their own way. And, um, if, if you can't do it, find someone in your circle, in your tribe, in your crew that can, that can help push you. Um, Craig, you are such a bright light. I love doing business with you. I love being friends with you. Um, why don't you leave everybody with, um, where they can connect with you if they want to connect? Yeah. I love, I love that opportunity too. Give me a, give me a shill moment. I'll try to make it super easy just because this, uh, you know, if I gave three ways, it's not, no one's going to do it, but go on Twitter. And if you don't have Twitter, get a Twitter and at, I want clarity. I want clarity. That is literally, we call it clarity creative because we are trying to provide clarity to people. We're, we're not all the way there yet, but we're getting better. So find me on Twitter at, I want clarity. I love it. Thanks for joining me, Craig. We'll see you guys on another episode. Awesome. Thank you. Hey friends. Thanks for listening to the Love Lead XL podcast. For more inspiration, hit subscribe wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts and follow me, Kristen, on Instagram at meetkristen. Until next time, I empower you to continue to love what you do, lead by example, and excel at it all.